There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show. It is the morning after Election Day, November 4th, 2020. Gangster Pete. What's up? Welcome. Thank you. This will be like a time capsule podcast. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I would imagine even over the course of while we are sitting in the HomeLoanExpert.com studio, something is going to change. Um, but at the very least, where we sit right now, we will always have our voices discussing something that I believe will be a pivotal moment in American history. Um, and yet we don't know which direction it is going to go or how it winds up playing out as far as the actions that are going to be taken. And so we are in the purgatory, kind of like we recorded a podcast the morning of Game 7 of the Blues and Bruins, Game 7. Um, and we'll always have that, that uncertainty. Right now we are in the period of of uncertainty. There is so much and it's all going to be organic. I mean, obviously when we sit in here, when I sit and do any show, damn near any show, uh, it's not necessarily mapped out, but this one is even more improv than ever before. Um, it's, so it's just going to be, uh, thoughts and random thoughts and probably going in on a variety of tangents. Certainly I have emails, uh, but I think it'll be more conversation based. Uh, I was looking for before we got going, um, the thread, the only real thread that I had been participating on d during election night on the TMA fan page, uh, and that's with the Bovada odds. And the reason that is at the forefront of my mind is because I just looked and as we are talking at 10 13 in the morning, the morning after the election, Joe Biden is now minus 460 to win the presidency. Um, about 14 hours ago, Donald Trump was minus 750. Yeah, that's the highest I saw it too. Okay. So that that to me, even if even if Biden would have won last night or even if Trump would have won last night, I would have broken that down and gotten into that um, because it fascinates the fuck out of me. And um, I would have spent a lot of time on it. I'll probably spend some time on it right now. Um, I didn't want to talk about it on TMA because the, the, the hate, uh, it would have been like perfect hate bait. Because it, it would have been perceived as being anti-Trump. It would have been, you think you're so smart. And then it would have gotten into essentially critiquing people who don't understand markets. And that and oftentimes there's some similarities there. And so it would, it would have just been a perfect storm of hatred. And I don't think it would have been that great of radio for people who are wanting to hear a more broadcast style. So I wanted to save it for the podcast. But something you said as we were getting ready... Um, is, uh, you had friends last night. So you're in like some big group text, right? That's yeah, the deal. Yeah, group chat. All your friends from high school, college, is that the deal? Uh, mostly college. Okay. After, yeah. Uh, is Deeb's in there? Yeah, Deeb's in it's there. It's great to hear. Um, and some of, uh, your conservative friends were dancing on Biden's grave last night. Is that what? Yeah, they were celebrating. I mean, the odds were up to my seven. Okay, so, so that, that's what I was going to ask. And we and we intentionally saved our conversation. And I love the fact that you didn't talk on TMA today, even though that wasn't necessarily <laughs> by design. We had a uh, 
microphone situation. But so I really don't know where you are and everything. So these conversations are our first time having these conversations. So their reasoning for celebrating as Trump supporters were, were the odds. Yeah, they saw the odds. And then uh, some states they thought would be close weren't that close because those were the states that were counting the mail-in votes later as right. opposed to some that counted them earlier. So I was reminding them of that, and they were just acting like it was over. And then I woke up this morning, and I, I was surprised about how close it had come. I knew it was going to get closer, I thought. What time did you go to bed last night? I went to bed probably like 11.30. Okay. A little earlier than me. I was 12.30. Yeah, and uh, I was I was kind of upset. I was like, ah, doesn't look like it's going to happen. And then I woke up this morning, and a lot had changed. At 9.27 last night, I turned to my wife, who uh, is, um, I'm updating the uh, Bovada thread as we are talking. Uh, so as we were doing it, Trump, or Biden is minus 475. That means he is basically a 5-to-1 favorite to be the next president at 10.15. Uh on November 4th, Trump is plus 330, so I'm just keep updating this thing. And I'm glad I have. It's kind of become like a historical roadmap to see how it all changed. But at 927 last night, I turned to my wife and I said, Joe Biden's going to be the next president. Now, it didn't look that way if you were looking at the data through a prism that sounds like not only some of your friends. I'm not doing this because I don't know these gentlemen who are saying this. <laughs> Obviously, a large number of people, if they were looking at it that way without the information, were saying that. Now, the problem then becomes is because people were not aware of the way in which different states were counting the votes, if you were buying into the president in advance, for months in advance, saying that something was going to happen with the vote, all this does is play into the conspiracy theory that it is rigged. But this was known going in. Uh, and I realize on this podcast forever, uh, since the start of it, I have said I I don't know who I would vote for. I, I don't know what scenario could present itself in which I would check Donald Trump's name in the ballot box. Truly, I don't. I mean, I'm sure we could come up with some names, but like within the realm of reason, um, I, that's just where I that's just where I am. And I was very happy to fill in Joe Biden's uh, spot yesterday when I voted, knowing it would mean absolutely nothing considering the state I'm voting in. I did a double check just to make sure I hit the right did, button. Yeah. Oh, you were, so yours, well, that's interesting because I was writing it out with a pen. Oh no, we, they had three electronic booths. Really? Yep. Interesting. I was like, I don't think, I don't know if I've ever voted with a pen or if I have, it hasn't been in this century, but either way, but I am under zero, um, uh, I don't even know what the right word would be, guys, mirage that Joe Biden himself is the reason why Joe Biden at this moment is minus 460. It is more of a referendum on the gentleman he was running against, just like the fact that uh, clearly there are a large number of supporters still for Donald Trump. He is going to have way more votes than he did in a higher turnout election in the popular vote than he did when he won and beat Hillary Clinton in 2016. So uh, with that said, um, I want to make that clear. So if you consider my perspective biased, then you do. And I, and I can't, there's nothing I'm going to say. It's going to change your mind. I like to think, and it's, it's the, it's the compliment I receive that is my favorite of them all. And it's, this goes on for a number of, of years, this compliment, not to say that I get it a bunch, but when I get it, I love it that I totally disagree with you or I don't like the sex talk or I, I personally am Catholic or evangelical or whatever. But I know when you say it, you really mean it and think it. And even if it goes against what is, quote unquote, your team or your perspective, you call it how you see it, so to speak. That, to me, is the best compliment you can get. I, I really do feel that way. Like, OK, I think you're an asshole and I think you should be 
friendly or whatever, but I think you're fair or not. And I'll take that. I'll take that because my personality is probably just not such that I'll ever be small talk guy. Uh, this is the perfect medium for me to kind of be myself, but in a, in a small setting with somebody doing small talk, I'm an F. So with that all said, ideally people know that what I am saying and certainly what Pete is saying is coming from uh, a position of honesty. And so as I was watching this last night, Pete, um, and, and what's, and, and just happened to be what, I mean, just what are the chances that the only form of social media communication that I am doing and started doing it, I think it's 627 in the morning of election day. I started a thread at 627 in the morning of election day, just for the fuck of it. I don't even know why I did, but I did. And I wrote this when it was all said and done, 626 in the morning yesterday, when it was all said and done after monitoring the Bovada presidential odds for months, when polls opened on the East coast on election day, this is where they were. They'll update throughout the evening. Biden minus 165, Trump plus 135. For the record, in 2016, Hillary Clinton was minus 300 at this time. Trump was plus 200. And so throughout the day, I just kept updating it. And it, Biden remained the fa favorite throughout the day. He became a bigger favorite. 10 a.m. was up to minus 185. Uh, let's see, for the purpose of uh, 5.30 p.m., up to minus 200. Uh, 6.15, went down to 2.05. Um, and, uh, 630 minus 190, uh, then down to 175 at 636 down to 170 at 638, then a monster move, at least what seemed like a monster move at the time, just a few minutes later at five minutes later, he was down to minus 145. So something was happening and I was trying to figure out as well as the people who were participating in the thread with me, what was happening. But the core question on these moves, and then eventually what got to Trump becoming right there even with him. Uh, at 7.30, Biden was minus 130. Trump was even. And then at, oh, man, right around 8 o'clock, uh, it, it got to about even, approximately at 8.15. Uh, it was still minus 130, 8.30, I guess. It, uh, let's see, they're e at 8.19, they got even. That's what happened at 8.19. I just happened to have this time stamp. That they were both minus 115. Trump became the favorite. Um, four minutes later and did not relinquish that. Uh, when I went to bed, he was still the favorite. Yeah. I woke up this morning, honestly had no idea if I could woke up, wake up and, and Donald Trump's president. I didn't expect it. I could wake up and Joe Biden's president did not expect it. Um, woke up and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm in the bathroom. I'm pissing. I'd already turned on the TV and I'm like, what I hear is some of the most important news of my life. And some people downplay that. Oh, my life's still going to be fine. My life's, and that's fine. You, you think that. I personally believe who is in the White House played uh, the largest role in my life uh, in the outcome of what has transpired for all of our lives in 2020. I believe that. Now, I know a lot of people don't believe that. Obviously, a lot of people, 60 plus million people clearly don't believe that. I do believe that. Uh, I don't believe you have the same situation if Barack Obama were in the White House. I don't believe you have the same situation if Ronald Reagan were in the White House. Uh, I don't believe you would have the same situation if George W. Bush were in the White House, Bill Clinton, George H.W. Bush. I don't believe that. Obviously, some people disagree with it. Whatever. That's my perspective. That's your perspective. But that is one of the main reasons I was where I was from the beginning. And that is I want somebody in there who is going to act in the interests of the greater good and not in his or her own interests first. And I felt like in 2016, we had two of those, two of them, both of them. Uh, and certainly what played out in January and February this month 
or this year was not surprising to me. Um, and it, it was unfortunate that it uh, occurred, especially on his watch. Uh, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com for your burner account to motherfuck me. So when that transpires, um, I'm going, what has happened here? Because nothing from a polling data standpoint had changed. Nothing. Two things that I were keep that was keeping a close eye on at that moment when Trump all of a sudden, Pete, got to a point where he became a monster favorite. Uh, he got up to minus 275 at 834. So in 15 minutes, that big of a favorite. Uh, minus 340 at 855. At 9 o'clock, minus 400. At 902, minus 500. At 904, minus 600. At, at 910, minus 775. So it actually was higher than 70. Minus 7 at 910. And I'm trying to figure this out. And I'm texting with someone who I think would have an idea. Is this the result of data or is this the result of the market? And it's a very important question because if it's data, it means some people know something and I'm not ruling that out. And if it's the market, then you could have hopeful Trump supporters who aren't aware of how the votes are being counted in incredibly important states now going to be victimized by combining their emotions and their ignorance and losing money. And if that is the case, then now it is in my best interest as a gambler to actually bet on Joe Biden because now Joe Biden's plus 450, which means I'm getting 4.5 to one on my money. And I'm looking at it and then it started to come down. At 910, as I said, he was minus 775. But at 911, he was minus 550. So at that moment, you follow this and God, I can't, I can't imagine other people listening to this who are even into the probably fast forwarding <laughs> this through like the first six minutes of Rogan. I follow you. Do, okay. At that moment, it became clear it was market driven. Why? Because if it was data driven, it would have kept moving in that direction. But for it to correct like that in a minute's time, I'm like, okay, there it is. I got my tell it's market driven. Therefore it's flawed. I thought it was market driven because you saw that the blue belt was all red and I think that people saw that and they're like, oh, OK, we get that. Trump wins. And that's that's what I think people like people were seeing, but they weren't seeing where the uncounted votes. The were way come that from. it was counted. I'm so, so fucking hot. Yeah. So I got to take off my TMA uh, order zip. Gangst Great it, Gangster Pete, his design. You can get yours at Inside STL Shop. Have we shipped those out, by the way? Uh, I can't I, wait to get they're like, coming in this dogs. week. Sweet, I'm picking some stuff up tomorrow. I've actually got, no, you got the, the order right, right here. Look at you. All right. So now for me. I'm going to be happy if Joe Biden wins either way. Uh, so I don't need to bet on it. And then I can double my pain if my read is wrong by now I'm <laughs> going to lose money and he's not going to win. Um, so I'm like, oh, betting on it isn't necessarily something I really want to do. But once I identified that, I'm like, holy shit. On something that is a something that is, from my standpoint, a better than 50 percent chance to hit, I am getting paid 4.5 to 1 on my dollar. You don't get these things ever in betting on sports unless you know something. And so I'm looking at it and I kept saying to my wife, who's freaking out at, the time, at this time. <laughs> and I said, listen, and she goes, oh, I don't want to hear it if it's bad news. I said, listen, I said, I, I'm going to give you the information. And if you don't want to hear it, I'm just not going to say it because when I react, you want to hear it, but then it might not be what you want to hear. And I said, but then, and so obviously it's 9-11 where it changes. And then at 9-27, 
And I know that because it's my birthday, 927. So it was easy to remember. I, I turned around, I go, Joe Biden's going to win the presidency. And then I said, now here's the thing. And I wrote about it. So it'll always have it. I was like that when these things are written down, so they can't be disputed as you're saying it after the fact, but where's the proof? I said, here's the thing. Joe Biden might win the presidency, but Joe Biden might not be the next president. And you're nodding. So you follow me on, on yeah. that. Uh, it is now what has been talked about on this podcast for the last eight months here, winter, <laughs> winter is coming. Winter is here. And this is actually a scenario when I talked about it, uh, eight months ago, longer than that, actually, P I guess nine months ago, uh, that I didn't, I did. I, I the winter is coming remark was based on 30% of the country hate Donald Trump and therefore can't possibly fathom him being reelected and 30% of the country loves Donald Trump and therefore can't possibly fathom him losing. And so no matter what, approximately a third of the country will be in disbelief of the results. But keep in mind in February, we weren't aware of the way that the world was going to change over the next nine months with regard to, of course, the pandemic specifically, uh, George Floyd, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and the way that people would be voting, most importantly. So when I was saying that, it wasn't based on knowing that we would have a contested situation. It was based on just people not believing the results. Well, now you have the president saying, don't believe the results. They're trying to steal it from us, which is what over the last couple of months we thought was going to happen. My whole premise when people and they get and it would usually be conservatives because it's, I guess, insulting their guy. It wasn't intended to insult their guy. It was an, an assessment. Could you picture Donald Trump conceding? And my answer was no. My answer was no. Now, in fairness, my answer was no in a even in a Biden large win. Um, we went through our percentages last week. Uh, I think I said 2% chance that Trump landslide, 20% chance Biden landslide on the chances of a concession. I think I was less than 5%. And you said 75% from, from Trump. Um, but your reasoning, it's only fair to include this, is you didn't think that Biden would win. So no. to you was kind of like, well, whatever, it doesn't matter. I well, do I don't. Th I don't think it's happened yet either. I mean, well, that, 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 this, that, this shit's tight. Yeah, I mean, that, it's that, so here, here's here's and this is what I said on the radio this morning. Which, by the way, uh, is giving people some insight. Not that this would necessarily be shocking. I have never dreaded hosting a show in the 16 years of this show more than this one. <laughs> Dangerously so. Matt Rocchio, board operator, asked me. See, have a little car, Pete. You see the little car yep, here. See the little car. All right. Uh, Hot car. What, what is that? And I had it sitting in front of me this morning. And the reason I had it sitting in front of me this morning is to remind myself, I do the show for my son and for my wife. And if I'm ever on the verge of like potentially losing it, and I've been able to like keep myself, you know, it pisses off some people in the audience, but I know what I'm obviously, well, maybe it's not obvious. I know what I'm doing, uh, to look at that car and try to take myself away and, and not say something that I could never get back and then could impact my wife and my son. That's the thought process behind it. So I thought the show this morning was outstanding. I did too. I really did. And I was dreading it, was dreading it for the obvious circumstances surrounding the election, the uncertainty, and then also knowing that most people probably didn't get enough sleep. You're going to have an, a segment of the audience that's going to be pissed off about Trump, a segment of the audience going to be pissed off about Biden, and you know the text inbox, which is a big source of our content, 
uh, is it, it, it just attack us. I mean, it doesn't matter. Doug gets attacked. Doug probably gets attacked more, uh, but I get attacked. And, uh, you know, that the attacks on Iggy are more kind of, I think people understand what it is. It's, it's you know, playful, <laughs> right. uh, even though they certainly are more, uh, more volume. <laughs> so, um, just dread the fucking thing. Absolutely dreading the fucking thing in a major way. So I feel a great deal of relief a half hour after the show's coming to the conclusion that we got through the show, but we are not through with the election. But what I said on the show is this, no matter what. Like, people are like, like, I saw a threat from a guy who's been very active on the fan page um, saying, I think that this is the best case scenario. And, and he, you know, and his reasoning was the Senate stays Republican, uh, the the House is Democrat, and Biden's the president. And so it, it removes the contentiousness coming from the White House, and nobody can run their agenda and cause all hell to break loose. And I'm like, I read that, and I think he's coming from a place of good intent, but he's coming from a position that is not real, and that is we have winter to navigate. This is not going to be Donald Trump this afternoon if and when Joe Biden crosses the 270 um, threshold um, saying, well, it's disappointing. It's certainly not the way we expected it to happen or the way that we wanted it to happen. But the voters have spoken, and Joe Biden is the next president of the United States. I want to thank my staff. I think we had an incredible four years. Uh, but Joe Biden is the president, and I will work with him and his staff over the next three months to ensure a peaceful transition of power. That will not be happening. That will not be happening. We are in the top of the first inning of winter. And so in a vacuum, sure, I suppose the White House being blue, the Senate being red, and the House being blue from a standpoint of not wanting to see something go too far off the rails, whether you're conservative or liberal, I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is we have the actual worst-case scenario, worst case being within the realm of no violence at the moment because this thing is just starting. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but the man who was in the White House last night tweeted out that they are trying to steal the election from him. And once you send that out, that doesn't go back into the bottle. And hell, he's been talking about it forever. And you hear, I mean, you know, you you heard Doug this morning on the show. You also heard Caller Ellen on the show. She was great. Uh, and, you know, the, the, it's not like Doug's by himself on this. There is a large portion of the country that feels that way. And here's the thing. Let's play this out. As Pete pointed out, this thing is not over for Joe Biden. Just because Joe Biden is, now he's minus 500 uh, on Bovada, just because Joe Biden is the favorite, just like Donald Trump was a minus 775 14 hours ago, 13 hours ago, doesn't mean he's going to win, as Pete pointed out. These, these states are still incredibly close. But no matter what, this thing isn't over. It's just not over. I'm still not certain... My value play that I've been talking about for months, that Donald Trump or Joe Biden is going to be the president inaugurated in January. I'm still not sure of that. And whereas Barack Obama's speech in Grant Park in 2008 was one that I think even if you voted for John McCain, you had some semblance of appreciation for. And I realize that's probably maybe half of the people who voted for John McCain had some semblance of Joe Biden walks out there and talks at 1130, 11.45 last night, Pete, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. 
You know, I know I didn't stay up for the Trump thing, but I mean, that's an, that's also an oh my goodness, but I'm just kind of like used to the oh my goodness there. I mean, this is, this is just, as my dad said, how did we wind up with this, Timmy? Well, I don't know, but this is where we are. And now you got, I mean, it's just, do you feel the same way? I've been, I've been pontificating here. People would call it pontificating. I don't think I have been, but I've been opining here. I'm curious what your opinion is on all of this uh, that I've been rambling about. I don't think, I hope it's not going to be as bad as what you're saying. I have noticed like that, that emailer said that a lot of my hardcore Trump supporter friends, they are taking solace in the fact that it looks like they're going to take control of the Senate. Interesting. That might soften it. Yeah, that would soften it. And they're like, well, we can take four years of gridlock. That's fine. And then we'll run somebody else again. So I think that that is a help. That might be the biggest. You're right. That's a great observation. It's a great observation. Yeah, it, that you're right. Because if the Senate had flipped, and of course the House wasn't going to change, that Biden winning, maybe people would dig in deeper. Right. And they're, now they know and you got that the he's Supreme not just going to be able to run the Supreme his Court plan. thing. Is, I mean, that's established yeah, now. Yeah, they mentioned that as well. Okay. Because yeah. in the back of my mind, I've, I've, I've you know, this, you know, this would, this isn't like something I really believe. I've just wondered privately to myself um, if there was some kind of an agreement that, like, listen, and I might have said this on here before, if you guys don't really fight the Amy Coney Barrett, you know, nomination, we don't really want him in the White House anymore either. It's a living hell for us, and we, but we can't go against him. So we would enjoy the change, too. So you give us her, and when the time comes, we'll rally should there be some controversy. I've wondered that privately. And by the way, it's based in nothing outside of my own mind. So I want to make that clear. Uh, but I wondered that. And I should say, the people that are saying this aren't the type that would like cause winter. You know, They're not going to be out in the streets right. losing their shit. Yeah, and when I say winter, I mean I don't I, I don't know what winter is. I just I just saw this this I saw I just saw November being a problem. I mean I'm telling you, and you know this, Pete. Yeah. And and hell, some of my, the people who would be considered advisors, part of my group, so to speak, uh, always thought I was overrating the impact of November on business models. Um, others did not, but some certainly did, and it was a real thing. Uh, it was a real thing for me. It was a real, real thing for personal and professional business decisions in a major way. You know that I've probably said it elsewhere. It would back it up. So this isn't based on, oh, this has happened. So now I'm going to say it. This is, I mean, in a monster talking about it back in June. I can vouch for that. Yeah. I mean, it was a monster thing. I mean, fuck, I guess at this point it's on the podcast going back to February, but from a business decision standpoint, if you have a pandemic and you have the country in a cold civil war, over the outcome of the presidency, do you really want to own a business at that time? I mean, maybe some people do. There, it certainly depends on what industry you were in. But if your business is fueled by advertising, uh, that's something that gave me pause. It's just a real thing. Um, so here it is. Now, um, as we are sitting here and talking, I, obviously we're therefore not watching polling data. You, Gangster Pete, you've been more locked in on this, actually. I was hosting a radio show. Now I'm hosting a podcast. What are you seeing and what are you thinking is going to happen? Whatever is happening, it doesn't mean that the data indicates it because, again, we've established it's market-driven, but Biden has gone up now to minus 500. Trump is plus 350. Yeah, I mean, if Biden holds on to the states that he's currently winning, he wins. But and he is winning Arizona, Nevada, Wisconsin, Michigan. Okay. And so Pennsylvania, Trump still has a big lead there. North Carolina and Georgia are close. Arizona and Nevada are very close. Wisconsin and Michigan are super close. I mean, 
like for example in Wisconsin we're talking 21,000 votes so here are the Bavada numbers now this is there's one that I'm scrolling through and all of them were about what I thought they would be one stood out to me in a major way Arizona minus 400 would that match with what you are seeing so that uh, means that means and by that that means that the the uh, Democratic candidate uh, Biden is the favorite minus 400 yeah we're looking good there and I think Trump shot himself in the foot there by disparaging McCain's service. Yeah, uh, that was a, a large factor in that. So it, it could be as fitting as the day is long if that's the one that carries the day. Uh, Georgia, Trump minus two forty. Yep, uh, he's got about he's got a hundred and two thousand vote lead there with ninety two percent of the precincts precincts voting. But I also read that a lot still of it's counting Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michigan minus uh, twelve hundred. What are you seeing, actually? That one looks really close. It's like less than thirty thousand votes, and but how much of it is Wayne County still well, be? I don't have that information okay. here, right. but that, that was why John King was a wizard yeah. last night. I was flipping through all the channels last night trying to get a feel of everything Same here, and then once you saw him, well, how can you go anywhere else? Yeah, I was just mesmerized by him because he's the reason I thought that Biden still had a chance when he was getting killed. Right. And it was minus seven fifty because he kept going to all these large urban uh, counties and showing you that. There's still a lot of votes to come. Right. So that's why I was wondering if the betting market was dictated by, because for example, it's like, hey, you guys can talk about Michigan, Arizona, and Wisconsin, Pennsylvania all you want. He's getting his ass handed to him in Virginia. Right. And then but I, then he kept pointing to Fairfax County and how that nothing had come in. And I'm like, well, shit, if you know this, you know that he is actually the favorite to win the White House because nothing had changed that was projected. Now, this morning on the radio show, Doug goes, well, Biden was picked to win Ohio, and I'm going, I don't know what Doug saw, and I'm not saying he's making it up. I think he really believes it, but fuck, I never saw him winning Ohio. Theoretically, he could have, but his path to the White House did not require Ohio. I knew that. And I think people were seeing just the numbers in, like, Wisconsin and Michigan, where Trump was up, like, right. a couple hundred thousand votes, and they, like to Biden them that seems huge. insurmountable, you yeah, know? But they didn't, they didn't realize I, the numbers. I guess that's why I always say, it's like, yeah, I don't really want to— People go, why don't you submit a uh, team in the DraftKings thing? Because I don't want to tell you what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I don't want to teach somebody how to play poker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, my edge is the fact that you don't have one. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, that Michigan's minus 1,200. Now, this is, uh, no, this isn't, oh, well, shit, Pete, when I started, uh, it changed um, since I looked at it. It was like minus 100 or something like that. Now, Nevada is minus 550. Um, and but, I haven't, so you're looking at these and I'm not looking at them. Yeah, I'm looking at the Bavada odds. You're looking at the actual polling data. This one hasn't moved since this morning. Uh, Biden has an 8,000 vote lead. And that's with, the one when I woke up this morning and watched the news, they said they are going to stop releasing the count. Oh, okay. That, that was, that, that was like it. at six. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's, and I don't know if that's Clark County or that, which is where Las Vegas is, or if that's the state as a whole. Uh, if, if he doesn't win North Carolina or Georgia, he's going to need Nevada. You're talking about Trump. Biden. Biden. Oh, if he doesn't, hold on a second. If Biden doesn't win North Carolina or Georgia, he's going to win Nevada. If or he's he going to need Nevada. Yeah, if okay. he loses all right, Pennsylvania, all right, right, right. Okay, which it looks I'm with you. Yeah, so if he doesn't win Pennsylvania. Um, North Carolina, Trump is minus 625. Uh, th that one's tight. It's 80,000. It's been 80,000 for a while. Really? That's a 95% recorded, though. So Pennsylvania, minus 180. Pennsylvania, Trump has... And by the way, that's Biden is minus 180. I'm just saying these things. I gotta fucking do this right. Biden is minus 180. That surprises me. Yeah. That's the one that... That surprises me, too, because he's 500,000 votes behind at the moment. Okay. 
I, I mean, I, that's just the the mail. I mean, that's where that's so why. That's why to me, the big cities aren't in yet. Pennsylvania is Florida two thousand. It's just it's, and I posted that I think at eight twenty seven uh, on the fan page. Eight twenty six. I'm just like, okay, if you want some action on things, uh, here are your long shot things, and then your other long shot thing is you, we will now be studying the main second congressional district, like we were talking about <laughs> Palm Beach County in two thousand. Right. If you're looking for action on long shot plays here, and then finally Wisconsin is the last one listed with odds on Bovada. Uh, Biden is minus 1,000. And he's got a 21,000 vote lead with 97% recorded. Okay. Since we started this podcast, uh, Biden has gone up to 500, and then he has gone down. He is now at minus 465. It is a moving target. Uh, so if you believe Donald Trump will be the president, plus 320. At this point now, uh, you could probably have bet both and assured yourself some semblance of profit. That's the way that this thing could have worked out. <laughs> oh, yeah. You could have middled this thing so big that, time. And that's the thing. And it's so... I, I don't want to get too far into that, but that really fascinates me. I think at this point, the agreement, you certainly think this way. Um, the guys who I talk with who are more into it, because last night there were a guy I was communicating with on the fan page, and he said a bunch of poker players are trying or are, are tweeting out, trying to find where they can get uh, at least three to one odds on Biden. And I said, really? Because I stopped following poker players when I stopped playing a few years ago. And he's posted screenshots. I'm like, fuck, now I feel even stronger about it because I know those guys know. I heard there's a huge syndicate of poker players that bet large money on sports, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they like, but they're like big enough golf, to move lines. Golf and stuff. as well. Yeah. That, 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 at least it was a big thing. I don't know if it still is back when I was like kind of living for it. So when they said that, I'm like, okay, then this is all making sense. Now there's a theory that people bet it up to then get Biden back at plus 500. And that it, that's why it got bet up like that. I don't know. I was watching that and I'm like, what? Because again, you know, Doug, like the thing that Doug and I, we had a, it, I, again, I thought the show was, especially for what my expectations were, it was an absolute A to day. I'm proud of it, but that's more, that's not necessarily a reflection of the content so much as everybody's conduct. Yeah. Um, I'm, because that was not an easy thing to do today. And I realized it probably didn't sound like it was a tough thing to do, but it was an easy, it was, it was a tip of the cap to everybody on the show that it went as well as it did. <laughs> and I think it's a big help that there's a lot of unknowns still. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, that was, it was great. And then don't get me wrong. There were times I'd look over and Doug was not paying attention at all <laughs> to the show. He was looking through things. He's obviously just like we all, he's invested. Um, and he has differences of opinion, but I thought everybody conducted themselves really well, which is why one of the reasons why, when, why don't you yell at Doug when he's yelling? <laughs> like, well, he's not yelling at me. He's yelling his point. And he, and I know Doug is a great guy, not just like a good guy, a great guy. Yep. And so you don't yell at people just because you have a difference of opinion. That's not, and that's just not the way I conduct myself. I yelled for the first time, and Pete, you know what it's about, even though you don't know, I haven't told you what it's about. You'll probably be able to play out recent history and know what I yelled about. Now you know, you're thinking of it. Uh, when I was texting you, so anyway. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, for the first time, I guess it was two nights ago, and I'm just like, <laughs> Motherfucker, and I'm like, wow, it just hit me. Like I, I haven't yelled in so long. Probably felt good a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of like holy shit, you know. And it wasn't directed towards my wife or you know, really anybody in particular. Certainly not around me. The only person around me was my wife. Uh, and I'm just like, I'm so overcorrected on yelling because my dad yelled so much when we grew up and yet i mean my god people love my dad my dad's <laughs> that's a so hard like to a, imagine knowing your dad really yeah is that right yes i meet, I meet oh him a few god. times and i'm just like i think about that i'm like i just don't see it oh my god such a nice guy oh i mean 
holy shit. But yet the people who he yelled at love him. Right. Because he made them money. They made money when they worked for him. Yeah, I like and my then, coaches that yelled at me. Yeah. I mean, they knew you knew where you stood. Right. You know, it's kind of like, okay, well, you don't like Nick Saban. Well, you're going to win a national championship. Um, but, but but that wasn't the way he would yell. Because Saban, I feel like sometimes it's kind of like shitty and passive aggressive. I mean, you knew where you stood, but you had a plan. And But growing up as kids, that's what I think of. I don't think of like sales meetings because I didn't really know about that. I saw I happened to see one one time and he had a salesman pinned up against the wall. <laughs> In like 2003, and I'm like, oh my god, it's my childhood. I haven't seen it in 15 years. There it is. I it's, can't see that at all. Oh my <laughs> god, he turns red. He doesn't do it anymore. Right. But holy shit. So yeah, I mean, my brothers in particular. I don't think my sister, who's you know 13 years younger than me, was ever. First of all, he's you know daddy's girl. But secondly, you know, my dad changed as time went on. But growing up in the 1980s, holy shit. Um. But, I mean, it's never like it was like, you know, a Goodwill hunting situation or anything like that. It just was, I mean, that's just how it was. And so I think my overcorrect, and he didn't like to spend money. His, his mom grew up in the Depression. And if you had parents whose parents grew up in the Depression, I think you probably were raised a different way than, say, we were, you know? Yeah, my dad uh, always or, cleans or his we plate. What's that? He always cleans his plate because... Clean your plate, turn off that the was, lights. That was the rule at the dinner it's table. It's like, Bush Stadium in here, Timmy. <laughs> turn off the goddamn lights. Yeah, I remember that. Son of a <laughs> bitch, you guys. Telling you. <laughs> I mean, you know, my brother Kevin does the perfect impression. This shit, I'm not going to pay for another plate around here. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, we all know it. And it's, you know, it's a joke shared amongst the four of us. You know, but I, yeah, I guess if you're on the outside looking in, you don't see it. But fuck, we do. So anyway, the reason I bring it up is this. I don't yell. I don't get me wrong. I can yell, of course, but I don't. And I think it's a subliminal psychological overcorrection to hearing yelling growing up. So when I got hazed at the Sigma Chi house at Missouri, they're just fucking screaming at me. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing you can say that's going to fuck with me. You know, it just doesn't matter because what you guys are saying, first off, it's all a joke and you're all high and probably have a 2.0 grade point average. But but secondly, I mean, it doesn't fucking mean anything. So I don't really care. And then that would piss them off even more that I'm just like sitting there and kind of like laughing when they would come up with something pretty funny to yell at me about. They called me Smiley Frog because I laughed. Oh, you laugh at I can yeah. totally picture. Yeah. And there's, producer Joe was like that when my dad would yell at him. There's a couple of big guys that would pick me up and slam me against the wall. And that, that would stop me from laughing. That was it. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, like the first night it all started up, <laughs> I thought it was. And there hilarious. was a guy, easily the scariest guy, easily. Apparently, the night I signed at the Sigma Chi House at Missouri, and I still can't believe I said this for as cocky of a motherfucker <laughs> as I am. I still can't believe I came in and said, "I'm Tim McKernan. Who the hell are you?" I, those, <laughs> words, those words just don't come out of my mouth. They just don't come out of my mouth, especially at when I was 17. Yeah, that's pretty brazen. Oh my God! Well, it turns out. I mean, this guy, oh, God, almighty, holy shit. And he, I mean, he, Gangster Pete, I'm telling you, you know, there's those two or three weeks of the grace period when they yep. watch you <laughs> fuck up beyond your drinking and you're fucking. You're like, this is the life. This is the greatest thing ever. Those two or three weeks at the University of Missouri, when you don't know what's coming, <laughs> Are the greatest. I mean, you probably, I mean, I don't know. It depends on your situation. You probably haven't had as much sex as you're going to have, assuming <laughs> you're playing your cards right. Haven't gotten drunk as much. You're like, class, what does it matter? You know, and they're watching you and they're just taking notes. And, but this guy had been waiting since July when I allegedly <laughs> walked into the library and why he was sitting in the library the night of a party 
at the house in July, reading a book tells you all you need to know about how fucking crazy this guy could get on my ass. <laughs> and he had been waiting for a couple of months. And holy shit, I didn't know his voice could go in that direction. I mean, he, they, and then they just gathered around like a bunch of fucking lions and they had taken down an antelope. And I'm standing on the chair with my long hair. What are you fucking gin blossom, you motherfucker? You think you run this fucking place? Oh, my God. It's like, holy shit. So anyway, why are we talking about this in this moment of American history? That I was observing it from a place of calm, numbers, data. And I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking to myself, Joe Biden's going to win. Nothing has changed outside of one thing in his favor, and that is Arizona, which is huge. Yep. So unless the polls were so off in Michigan, then he's going to win the presidency, even if he doesn't win Pennsylvania. And I'm like, fuck, this is this is a rare opportunity in life to like unload something that is a better than 50 percent chance of happening. And you're getting paid nearly five to one on it. Now, as the night went on, it went down. And, it, you know, now he's a favorite. Now it's down to minus 430. That's how quick I mean, as we're talking. This thing is moving. Yeah, I still don't believe it yet. Yeah, I got to see it. Like I went to bed last night, still not believing it. So uh, then that, that was the, so the what's the premise? What's the premise? The premise is the polls have been right. So that is why I arrived at the conclusion of how could the polls be right in every state, but then all of a sudden be so wrong in Michigan? Because essentially that's what it would mean that they would have to be so wrong. The formula they used to get right in say Arizona. Uh, Ohio in, in Trump's favor, uh, saying that Biden was going to have problems in Miami-Dade County, which was they knew were coming, but I don't think they expected it to be as problematic. I mean, he won it, but he didn't win it by nearly the margin that Hillary Clinton did. At least last I saw, I can't imagine it's changed that materially since. And so, therefore, I applied that to, now again, doesn't mean that I went and unloaded on Biden because my emotions are where they are. It's not like winning another you know, whatever, a hundred bucks is like, an, oh, well, that's going to soften the blow or something like that. So the the premise being, if the polls are right throughout the states, then the formula is correct. And the formula had him up to where Michigan wasn't even really supposed to be up in the air. So, yeah, when you're seeing the numbers, you know, Trump was up like 14 percent. And then you have John King, who we agree was the star of the network coverage last night. Take your pick of whatever network. He was mesmerizing. It's just incredible. It truly was incredible. It's like they just needed Wolf Blitzer to just get out of the way. I understand why all the ladies like him now. Oh, is that right? Ladies like him? I didn't oh, know yeah. that was the deal. Yeah. And Iggy, I feel like, likes him a lot. Oh, Iggy, Iggy was talking about him this morning. He, <laughs> yeah. He's got a new man crush. <laughs> it's John King. Perfect. Uh, and he goes, listen, even if Joe Biden were up 14%, I would tell you Joe Biden's not going to win Michigan by 14%. Donald Trump's not going to win Michigan by 14%. He goes, Republicans, you can be angry at me. This is just the data. You know, and I don't know how many Republicans were watching CNN, but, and that's the thing. So then if the market is not watching this coverage and not aware of how they're accounting, then you had an edge. If you knew that, just like if you had your head up your ass and didn't realize that North Carolina and Florida and Ohio counted the early votes first which is why it looked like Biden was going to win those. And then all of a sudden they stopped counting those and then just Trump ran away with them all, ran away with them all. It wasn't even a sweat. And so you learn your lesson on that. Well, then it cuts the other way too. 
And it doesn't mean that there's nefarious activity. The problem is that 30% I talked about in February who couldn't possibly fathom Trump losing, not only can't fathom him losing, but now they will believe he lost because of malicious cheating behavior in Michigan, where that lady is, that lady's (laughs) been for the last few months, the governor, uh, Gretchen Whitmer. Or Pennsylvania, where there, where people have been filing lawsuits. They've been filing lawsuits, both Republicans and Democrats, all over the country. Um, but that had been become the target. I mean, the conversation, Pete, that we had on the radio, and I was at my basement, so it could have been Monday or Tuesday, and today's Wednesday, in which Doug said, well, no, you can vote in Pennsylvania after Election Day. And I just, because usually, you know, at this point, I think it angers the audience more than people appreciate it. But I, again, know why I do it. Um... I usually just kind of let it go because I'm like, okay, Doug gets his information from one place. I get my information from another place. We're not arguing over opinions. It would be now we're just going to argue over opinion, uh, information right. and, and there's what are we going to get out of it? And it's going to cause problems. And then it could look like I'm dressing him down. If you really like Doug, it, it, it's just it's a zero upside. It's just play. like banging your head against the yeah, wall. Exactly. It's like last week when he was going after you for something and you're like, Doug, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. But when he said you can vote in Pennsylvania after Election Day, I said, well, that's not that's I mean, that's that's so that's that's one I can't let just like go by. So that's not true. But then the goalposts moved to, well, yeah, if the if it's not postmarked clearly and like, well, that's not what you said. And then people are like, see, Doug told you, Tim. I'm like, well, that's not what the man said. Man initially said you can vote in Pennsylvania after Election Day, which is not true. What his point was, which does have a an ounce of truth in it is that because of what the Supreme court has initially ruled is that you don't have to have a legible postmark on your mail-in ballot for it to be counted in Pennsylvania. But that doesn't mean Pennsylvania is saying, yeah, if you notice things are tight on Wednesday morning, head on up to your polling location, the kids will be there. You can still vote. That was not what was going on. So Holy shit. And then something as uncontroversial as you can't vote after Tuesday <laughs> became a fuck you, Tim. And I just sitting there going, this is unbelievable. I mean, I, I mean, what, I mean, are we really at this point where I actually just finally push back a little bit on something as simple as you can't vote in Pennsylvania after Tuesday <laughs> and I become the bad. It's just like, holy fucking shit. But pe- I understand people are saying this. There's like they're listening to this going, there's no way. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You uh, you have the text inbox open. You probably saw. It. What are you uh, nodding about right now as we talk? Uh, I'm just there's all these updates coming in like by the minute. And so uh, in Michigan, starting to look good for Biden because they're saying the uh, secretary of state saying that most of the ballots that haven't been counted are from Detroit, Flint, Kalamazoo and Grand Rapids. Which, That's all going to be not all going to be, but the percentage will be. And then there's there's top GOP officials. They didn't name names saying that they don't agree with what's coming out of the White House about how the vote should. And that will be. That's it right there. That is it. That is the thing. Now, still, even if the party breaks from what comes out of the White House, it doesn't change the overall macro premise that has been the centerpiece of winter is coming, which is a large portion of the population will not recognize the man, Joe Biden, if he is to win as president. And so that is the next thing. Just like, by the way, what you had in 2000 on the Democratic side, a large portion of the people. And then it became forgotten on the morning of September 11th. But for nine months, it wasn't nearly as contentious uh, as this, I think, could wind up being. 
I just don't, I mean, what's going to happen here? And, and the other thing, and there's just so many elements to this. I could sit in here until five o'clock tonight. I won't, but I could, because I I'm so enamored by it. As of yesterday morning for both parties, it fork in the road moment. You had some Democrats fantasizing about a landslide Biden victory and taking control of the Senate in addition to maintaining the house. Um, that didn't happen. Uh, and that never came close to happening. Um, but both parties were in a defining moment because if Trump wins, the identity of the Republican party is Donald Trump. Who is a Republican who's not a lone wolf? So I'm thinking of Mitt Romney, uh, who is a Republican, but not a Trump Republican. There aren't many. Can you name some? I'm sure you can say, well, Ben Sass in Nebraska occasionally speaks out. Uh, Susan Collins, who looks like she's going to win re-election in Maine. Uh, and I think that's been called, actually. Um, uh, Murkowski in Alaska. And Romney. But for the most part, the, that's the identity of the party. If the Democrats, now losing the House was never really in, in the realm of the bell curve likelihood of math. But if the Democrats don't get the Senate, which does not look like it's happening, and the Democrats lose to Donald Trump, something that I think most Democrats could not possibly see happening. And yet here we are, Pete, as two guys who voted for Biden, talking about the likelihood of Trump winning um, and uh, go, oh, my God, what do we do now? So you had you had this wide delta going into Election Tuesday, this thing about if if Texas were to go blue at that moment. And then, of course, that means Biden wins. And then also, if you would have had the Senate go blue uh, at that moment, I think the Republicans have to remake their party because that is not that's not a trend that is going to reverse. And so they have to remake their party into what I don't know. But it would have been that defining. Well, they definitely need to be worried about Texas in four years. Yeah, that's in play. Um, cause I, I couldn't believe how close it was. I remember hearing, you know, going into this, like Texas is in play. I'm like, Texas isn't in play. Well, Texas wasn't really in quote in play, but it certainly was close. John King let me know that that wasn't, an, wasn't a possibility. Right. Yeah, John King was all over. Yeah. Um, so with all of that out there, um, what do you think is going to wind up happening? I mean, right now it looks like Biden's going to win and then Trump is going to fight it, but it, it already looks like people are breaking from the ranks on that side. Now, so. when you say that, what are you, because I, I honestly am not looking at what you're seeing. I'm just not looking at it. I have my I'm email just, inbox up. I'm just refreshing all, I mean, based based on what, the where the counties that are still counting votes, it seems that they are going to go Biden's way, and it looks like he'll have enough. Right. If he gets Wisconsin, Michigan, And Arizona, holds on Arizona, Nevada. Nevada and Maine, yeah. Okay. So, so, but, but like, what are you reading? Like GOP sources are saying like people actually with the party, not just like, you know, what they Sean did, Hannity's they're, they're not giving actual names. Right. No, I know that, but what are GOP are senators are saying they don't, senators. they don't agree with Trump Wow, that, that these votes that are going to be counted shouldn't count. And then even Trump this morning was his camp was saying that they think that the uh, incoming votes are going to flip his way. These are the same votes they didn't want to count before. Okay. So there's, a lot of flip-flopping going on. So do you think that Donald Trump will fight this? I I hope he doesn't. I think that it's his personality to fight it, but I'm hoping that he won't. But, uh, no. yeah, I think he probably will try to fight it for a bit. It just depends. It seems like 
they've done a really good job of uh, counting the votes. Like everything that they said was going to happen would happen. Like Pennsylvania said that it was going to take them longer right. to count yes, the votes. Right. That's, that's exactly Florida right. They I mean, started not- counting the votes early. They got done quicker. So, and that's what, with this whole thing, whereas it was off. But again, it, even when people say it was so off in 2016, 538 had him as a 28% to win the White House. And I realize that's not like 52-48, but 28%. Again, it's, it's just, it's so, I'm, my mind is so geared towards probabilities that if I get my money in in a poker hand and I'm a 72% favorite, I'm not like, yes, I won. I don't need to watch the river. I'm like, fuck, he's got 14 outs, you know, because that's the math. 14 outs out of 40-some-odd cards, that's live. That's super live. But people take data personally. Like, so last (laughs) night, I'm I'm posting the Bovada odds. And like a guy, I go, well, here's what happened in, in 2016. I'm like, that's great. Got nothing to do with this. It's, I'm not like I'm not like posting these because Biden's winning. I've been talking about the odds and how big of a favorite Donald Trump was back in January, not because I'm a Trump fan, but because I observe data. That's what I. But that's not the way that people. And I understand it. Listen, I I get it. I mean, I'm I'm. It's 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 not it's not relatable to be emotionless. Uh, <laughs> I understand that it is much more relatable to be emotional. But um, that's, you know, I, and not to say that I'm not emotional, but when I'm viewing, it's so it's so analytical. And it certainly is not popular because it's not necessarily relatable. And what gets people fired up is when people show emotion. And um, and I get it. Listen, I mean, I know. It. I mean, I, I, I could certainly play the game. I watch people making a lot of money in media playing the game when I think that they know better, but they know that they need to play to their audiences. And so they jerk off their audiences. And I get it. I just don't want to do it. I don't know if in 20 years I'll be like, man, I should have just fucking lied to people and I could have made like millions of dollars. I don't know, but I just don't want to do it. So, um, yeah, I'm just posting data. So I, I mean, I don't know. God, Pete, I'm telling you, if Donald Trump is no longer president and somehow this does not turn into some kind of legal showdown that he will not under any circumstances give up, it would be one of the greatest wins for our country in my lifetime. And it may not seem like it, but I guess I'm looking at what the alternative is and what I fear it would do. Yeah, and I, I hope that the people already breaking from the ranks is a good sign that they're just going to be like, man, you got to drop this. But, I mean, he does what he wants yeah, to do. Yeah, he does what he wants to do. He calls the shots. And he's like, I'm the president. I'm not going to... I mean, there were people I was listening to. Who was it? It might have been just Howard Stern and Robin Quivers talking. But I really don't listen to him unless... Oh, he had Eddie Vedder on. I don't know if you listened to that by chance. Uh, He had Eddie Vedder on, I think, on Monday. And they were talking about the election. They were kind of wrapping up. And Stern and Robin were both saying he should have... Gore should have not given up, you know? But he did. At the time, I do remember this. Now, listen, how you frame it is certainly maybe your perspective, although I voted for George W. Bush in 2000. Um, Who'd you vote for in 2000? Bush. So there you go. First time I ever voted for a Democratic presidential candidate was yesterday. Really? Yep. But that doesn't mean you voted for Trump in 2016. But I did. You voted for Trump in 2016? I told this story before because my mom started crying. I had lunch with her, and she's the big pro-life person. Right, right, I right, told right. her that I was voting for Gary Johnson, and she she started crying. She's like, because it's such a big deal to her. So I was like, Mom, she was visiting from out of town. I'm like, I will do it for you because I knew in Missouri it didn't matter at all. 
So I did it for her so that my mom would stop crying. I but don't remember I, you I telling did. me that story. Do you I think thought you I told me that on story? On that I is told, a hell of a story. I've told it to a lot of people. So I thought I told it on here. Maybe not. Wow. How about that? And you voted for Romney and McCain? Yep. How about that? And I guess Bush in 2004. Yep. Yeah, the Iraq war was my moment. That was it. That was my moment. I'm like, this is, you know, and I'm, you know, in, in, in the moment, like there's not a doubt in my mind that this is wrong. I mean, it was like an all in, you know, I guess the intuition that sometimes like my wife regretfully like just hates it. She goes, yeah, because it drives her up the wall. She goes, yeah, he's unfortunately he's right. It's annoying, but he winds up being right on this stuff. And I don't know how or why it's like he sold his soul to the devil because she doesn't like it. But I'm like, yeah, I mean, so I said, you should, well, you should be happy to hear this. Joe Biden's going to win the presidency. But the thing that you're not going to like to hear is he might not become the president. <laughs> so you got to understand that I, he is going to win the presidency, but he's not necessarily going to be the next president. Um, so I didn't know that, Gangster P. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. people like that. But, but I mean, but let me t- if, if, it were, if it were Romney, McCain versus Hillary Clinton, Kasich versus Hillary Clinton, I don't vote for Hillary Clinton. So no. This isn't a party-based thing. Right. I don't, I don't feel like either party represent, I don't fit in a box of either party. Like I'm not on either side going to fight tooth and nail to the death. And then people would hear that I was voting for Biden. They automatically paint me with this huge brush that you're a huge liberal. And well, just like people get painted as a bigot if they vote for Trump, right. which is bullshit. Same thing. And it's just, that's not, that's not me. I'm in, I'm in the middle, man. Oh man. Wow. That's interesting shit. Um, so yeah, I got a shitload of emails here. Uh, I haven't even talked about our sponsors. I didn't mean to make sure I do that. For fuck's sake. Uh, we are in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, which I think are approximately 142 degrees. They are 142 yeah. degrees in the HomeLoanExpert.com like studios. I'm going jeans. to get up and open up the studio door. Uh, the HomeLoanExpert.com, Ryan Kelly. was talking with his staff this week, just yesterday, as a matter of fact. Um, and they did such a great job with my refi in April. It was so easy. If you are looking to refinance or what I am doing right now, get pre-approved. Uh, go to the home loan expert.com. Ryan Kelly. They are so good. They're just so good. He is, I'm zip the cap because it's not the way this is everywhere, but it, to his credit, he built the system. He has got an incredible staff and he is the best. The home loan expert.com, the studio sponsor here, the Tim McKernan show. A lot of people also have gotten on board with Mark Hanna more than I realized. And that makes me really happy. There's a great guy. Uh, Mark Hanna at evergreen wealth strategies. Uh, online at evergreenstl.com. I know a lot of people have been monitoring the markets uh, with this situation. And uh, if you need somebody to lean on, Mark Hanna would be the person I recommend. 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. End of the year. End of the year and the election. Uh, and that is something that uh, you, you want to make sure you have somebody to lean on. That's just It's just that simple. And God, I don't know how many people here over the years since he started sponsoring the podcast and now he's on TMA too, um, email me and say, man, you were right. He really is. And I don't know what it is about him. I don't know what it is. I just know that it's a, it's a different deal with him. And you can just tell he's a legit guy who will listen. He's not going to be like, okay, we'll send over your numbers and then go, okay, well, you don't have a seven figure net worth. So I won't be giving you the time of day. Uh, it's just not the way he helps everyday people every day. And his name is Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies. And another guy I rave about is James Carlton, uh, carltoninsurance.net. State Farm Insurance Agency is in Webster Groves, 
961-4800. I told the story today on the Ryan Kelly morning after, so for those of you listening to the show in the 9 o'clock hour, you've already heard it, but it's the truth. Uh, I told James when he wanted to advertise on the podcast, I said, listen, here's the way that this has worked. We have, we have at this point, nearly every industry that's advertised on TMA uh, has gotten return. And they wind up sticking with us. That's why you hear the same names and same companies over. And it's the same kind of thing Frank Opinion had going um, for decades and still has going. Uh, people get returned. The audience to support the sponsors. That's the game. So but for whatever reason, it hasn't worked with insurance yet. We've had a few people try it. And then after a few months of it not working, they bail. I said, so I just want to let you know that up front. He goes, well, I'm going to stick with it and see if I can be the one. And sure enough, he did. And now he is synonymous with the, both the podcast and the radio show. And I love hearing that because I'm a client of his. And I switched to him because I was so impressed. 314-961-4800. That's James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. You're going to hear a brief pause because I'm going to close the door, Gangster Pete. Uh, and there it is. Uh, because there's some ruckus out there. Uh, all right. Let's see what we got here in the, uh, Hey Tim, it's 10 15 AM on Wednesday. And if the lead holds Biden gets 270 and wins the election, maybe the faithless elector is in play. If three Biden electors were to vote for say Bernie and no Trump electors stray, holy fuck. It's possible Biden wins the popular vote, wins the electoral college count, but still loses the presidency. FYI, Clinton lost five electoral college votes due to faithless voters in 2016. Good luck to us all. Respectfully horny, the hunchback of Vaughn Castle. Uh, that is a scenario I had not considered. I was aware of the faithless elector. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, like I said, chapter one of winter. New top up, of the first. New update. What Trump, do we have? Trump campaign desperately fundraising for election result battles. Uh and then uh, CNN's projecting that Biden will win at least three or four of Maine's electoral votes. Okay. Uh, update on the Bovada. Not that, that really matters, as we've learned. But uh, minus 460 is where things stand on uh, that one. Uh, let's see what do we got. I'm, 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 these are all brand new, so I haven't read the uh, second of these. Hey, Tim, uh, or a line of these. Second of these would make no sense. Hey, Tim, I'm writing in the morning of November 4th. And the election has not been decided, but I was curious what your thoughts were regarding the accuracy of polling this year. It seems to me that regardless if Biden ultimately ends up winning, the pre-election polling was very inaccurate again, similar to 2016. Why do you think this might be? Do you think this is specific uh, Trump phenomenon or more representative of a perpetual undercount of Republican voters based on polling models? Again, I'm enjoying the show. It's from not Colorado. And yeah. And I, I just, I don't see that, but I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people are saying it and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm right. I just don't see it. So I don't know what to say to that because the only, and I don't even know, I, I don't even know, Pete, if you would have said color in all the brackets and you get 10 bucks for each one you get right, color in all the states and you get, I think I would have gotten every single one of them right. I would have colored Ohio in red. I would have colored Pennsylvania in red. I would have colored Michigan in blue. I would have colored Wisconsin in blue, uh, Florida, red, Arizona, blue, uh, obviously. And then all the others are pretty much you knew. So I don't know. I don't know. A Georgia red, Texas red. So I, so I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't know. I don't know if people are talking about the Senate races, but it wasn't a lock that the Senate was going to flip. I think, I think the root of this, I think the root of this 
is some Democrats wanted a sweeping referendum against Donald Trump, against the manner with which he conducts himself and the manner with which he's handled COVID and or social issues in the United States. And even if Biden wins, they don't get it. I saw Van Jones, who I less than 50% of the time agree with on things. I thought I saw him say, and he, before the whole thing got going last night at around midnight, um, he said, there's a political victory and there's a moral victory. And yeah, there is a chance that Joe Biden winds up winning the white house. And he goes, and that's, that's, that's certainly a political victory, but a more, this is not going to be a moral victory. I think for a lot of, uh, black Americans to see that Donald Trump's vote count has actually gone up and up substantially since 2016, when people wanted to see a repudiation of that, uh, that is alarming. Even if Joe Biden is in the white house. Um, so I guess it depends on your perspective on it, but from my standpoint, listen, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. I just don't see it that way. Now people can present to me where they're coming from, I'm certainly open to it because I'm in the minority on where are you on this polling thing? Cause it's certainly something that's getting talked about again. Well, I mean, before it all started, I wasn't convinced Biden would win Wisconsin and Michigan. And I thought that was going to be the big problem. Yeah. That would give Trump the path that he needed. So, uh, I, I don't think the polling is that big of an issue to me. Like I, yeah, I don't see it. I like everything that I heard. It was going to be tight. Yeah. I, I just, I, I mean, Pete and I, throughout the course of the year, even when it was going otherwise, were saying, I still think Trump's going to win. Then I finally broke, which scared you in early October. <laughs> yeah. I actually think, not to say that he's going to lose, but I think now I see it happening where he could lose. Well, I'm still not convinced yet. Well, I, mean, well, yet. I, I keep saying I think he's going to lose, but I don't think that Joe Biden's necessarily going to be president. I mean, right. I, at this point, anything's, I, and then how about this? Just an aside, but I was watching all of this shit last night. As to who is the next president, it wasn't just Donald Trump and Joe Biden, and it didn't include who's the libertarian, Joe Jorgensen? Is that yeah, who it is? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't even listed. Kamala Harris and Mike Pence were at plus 15,000, and then, like, in a half hour, all of a sudden they both dropped to plus 10,000. I go, what the fuck is this about? <laughs> which then, which, then, which should have been another tell that this is market driven and not data driven. Right. What in the hell would have happened data wise? Listen, if one of them all of a sudden would have dropped, you go, oh my God, what's going on? I think there are people who are certain that Kamala Harris at some point will be president. Um, if you asked me this during is, this term, uh, yes, yes, yes. I, Joe Biden might not even get inaugurated. Now this, this, you're kind of getting into the conspiracy people then, but they have, they have thought that. And boy, that, like I said, that speech last night from Biden. <laughs> wow. I mean, wow. He can, and then he, I don't know. Did you watch the whole thing or do you just do it when you were pulling audio? Cause you were I, asleep by the time. Yeah, he, I was asleep, but I, I just saw like, Three minutes of clip. Yeah. he So he got done talking and it was like, and Anna Marie goes, boy, it's a good thing that this happened after people are done voting. <laughs> See, the clip I saw and, wasn't uh, that bad. So, uh, yeah. Well, this is so one of the, so part of it was people start cheering and he's in, you know, he's in like a, people are, you know, they're socially distanced in their car. So they're honking their horns as I'm yeah. sure you saw. Yeah. And it looked like he had it sponsored by Jeep, by the way. Nice, <laughs> nice job monetizing it. Um, but then he's done. People are cheering, honking their horns. And then he wanders back up to the microphone and starts talking. Again. Oh, I'm like, no. this is like a guy in his robe going to get the paper. 
this is the man who is going to be president, or at least is one of two people to be president. And then the other guy is staying is on Twitter misspelling misspelling polls and saying they're stealing the election from me. And this is what we fucking have. Awesome. Oh, God Almighty! I had a choice between Barack Obama and John McCain twelve years ago, and I got a guy who can't spell polls talking about the election being stolen from him. And then another guy who's talking while people are honking their horns and they've turned off his microphone and his <laughs> wife has to pull him away from the microphone. And those are my choices 12 years later. Oh, my God. I digress. Uh, <laughs> see, we got, this is Carlos Spicy winner. What's up, Los Uh Tim, yeah, winner is definitely here. So where do we go now? What teenage girl slash assassin will end winter by stabbing the ice monster with zero explanation for viewers as to where the hell the ice monster even came from. I kid because fuck the writers of the final season of Game of Thrones. But in all seriousness, how does this all shake out? It looks like Biden has the votes to win currently, but we are headed toward a mountain of litigation on Trump's end. You remotely see it possible litigation slash that the Supreme Court really is in play to change how things appear to stand at this moment. And if this thing continues to go down a river of shit, Will it end within a few months of Inauguration Day, assuming a Biden win? It's from Carlos Spicer. Wouldn't they have to go state by state anyway? Like, you can't just take it straight to the Supreme Court, right? So, that that's what, yeah, Florida was not, excuse me, 2000 was not about the United States. It was about Florida and the Supreme Court's ruling regarding Florida. So, yes, Pete, you are correct. And then, for some reason, I had it in my mind that Florida wasn't settled until January. But it all gets settled by this year, it's December 14th. And that's when the Electoral College actually meets to vote. Uh, where the faithless elector thing, uh, I suppose, could be in play. Uh, my honest answer, and it's a fucking terrible answer. Anytime I do say I don't know, uh, it's not a fun answer, but it's uh, it's my honest answer. And it's the honest answer is I don't know. I feared this. Uh, and the number that was freaking me out last night, uh, my God, my phone. I don't know what's going on. Because I, I, I'm talking and the world like is turning faster than ever before. And I have no, my phone, I'm, I'm getting, I never get fucking phone calls, phone calls, texts. I don't know what's going on anyway. Uh, so I'm, I, I don't know if it's political or it just has to do with other stuff, but anyway, um, I, I, I truly don't know. The number that was freaking me out last night wasn't the Trump thing up to seven fifty. Cause I'm like, cause I always kind of thought, yeah, I mean, and he's got a very good chance of winning, you know, it was when I was, we would read the text inbox, not, we wouldn't necessarily read all the text, but people are like, oh, Biden's going to win a landslide. Trump's going to win a landslide. And I was like, well, you're both going to be really disappointed. I'd be very surprised if either one of those things happened. I actually gave my percentages on the podcast, 20% Biden landslide, 2% Trump landslide, obviously substantially less than 50% chance. But some people still take that as, oh, you think Biden's going to win a landslide because he's 18%. Well, I just think he has a better chance of winning in a landslide than Trump, but I still gave Trump a 2% chance. But, but if you're in your bubble, then you're convinced, therefore, that something had to be fucked with. But the number that was concerning me was the over-under on electoral votes for the winner. And it started on the site we use, by the way, Pete, I was right. monitoring that. And I think it was like at 309 and a half. And then it kept dropping and dropping. And what that told me was they knew that this thing, uh, was was good because this isn't Bovada that this thing um, is going to be close, which was what I was hoping wouldn't happen. Either way, listen, no secret, I did not want Donald Trump to win, but I didn't want a potential whatever the hell winter would be to happen. And now you have this scenario. Now, 
I have to say, even though I haven't watched a second of news since the Ryan Kelly morning after started, it's 1124 in the morning. I haven't read anything since the Ryan Kelly morning after started. I am flying blind as your pilot this morning, and I'm leaning on my co-pilot, Gangster Pete. Um, <laughs> I just re- keep refreshing these races. Yeah, to see what, <laughs> see what you got. I mean, I, th- th- maybe something. I remember pitching this idea. It, we were sitting at the, at the bar after a round of golf to two of easily way more liberal uh, compadres of mine um, and bullshit with them. I said, what if you think, and the theory that I said about a half hour ago about, okay, we'll, as senators, we'll agree. We're not going to really, I mean, publicly we'll bitch about the Amy Coney Barrett thing, but we get it. We'll give you that. That's And for a lot of you, that is a monster deal, as it should be, to have essentially 6-3 in the Supreme Court. We can't do anything about it. We're not going to cause all hell to break loose. We're going to make sure it gets taken care of before the election. We'll stand down. But if slash when the president, who many of you sitting in here with us as Republicans cannot stand and know is in over his head on a number of issues, goes batshit and threatens to do all this shit, you need to, as part of the deal, side with us and, you know, begin the public um, current to flow against the Trump litigation thing. Again, I could be completely wrong. I could be completely wrong. And it's not like I'm saying I think this is going to happen. I was trying to figure it out. Um, and so I wonder about that because you're saying that there are sources saying GOP senators are saying not anybody putting their name on it. And if it's somebody beyond Murkowski, Romney, Collins, um, who else would be in that category? Am I missing another one who's again, ind- independent occasionally? Um, that uh, that's a big deal. You know, that's a big deal. I mean, Mitch McConnell can essentially decide the presidency if and only if Biden truly wins Nevada, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin. Nevada and Arizona are wide open. Really? Let's take a look at my Bovada, see what we got here if anything's shifted. Biden's up to minus 500. I don't know. Who the hell would be betting uh, five to one, you know, or one to five is what that means. You're betting, you know, 500 to win a dollar, but whatever. I mean, if people are doing it, fuck, I guess if you feel like, well, I know he's going to win, so what does it matter? I mean, them, you know, if I mean it's if I know I'm going to win and it's minus ten, that if I know I'm going to win, I'll bet it all day. If you know you're going to win, uh, let's see what we got. Lisa Ann just liked my video on the fan page. What video did I post <laughs> in the fan? That scares me. Somebody hack into a video of me self pleasuring myself. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, let's see. My God Almighty, the emails. Um, all right. Uh, let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. Let's talk about design air heating and cooling because Seth Goldcamp is the greatest. Uh, design air is online at designairservice.com. And I am a client of Seth Goldcamp's and so is Doug. Doug had him over to his house this past weekend, as a matter of fact. And Seth Goldcamp has a great promotion going right now for the month of November. Veterans, nurses, doctors, law enforcement, and firefighters, free furnace tune-up to make sure your heating system is operating safely this winter. No strings attached, no other purchase necessary. Design Air just wants to thank all of these frontline workers for their extraordinary efforts in 2020. To schedule your free tune-up or get more information about the rebate, please visit designairservice.com. Design Air, heating and cooling, the official HVAC provider of the Ryan Kelly Morning After and the Tim McKernan Show. And Jim Rogers is my guy as well at Restoration One of Central St. Louis, 314-888. 5266-314-888-5266. Online at Restoration One of Central St. Louis.com. Anytime you have water damage, mold remediation, 
It's Restoration One of Central St. Louis. Jim Rogers is the person we used, and he saved the day. And I wholeheartedly recommend Restoration One of Central St. Louis and Jim Rogers. Restoration One of Central St. Louis.com. Save the number in your phone because when it happens, it's not like you got a lot of time. You need to take care of ASAP. Restoration One of Central St. Louis.com. 314 888 And Munganess. Just got my car at Munganess. Doug's got a car at Munganess now. Uh, everybody's getting a car at Munganess. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. And there is a TMA special, a Tim McKernan show special. This is unreal. Uh, when I saw it, I couldn't believe it when I was reading it. As somebody who just got a car. It's St. Louis Acura, Manchester and Mason. Uh, two, 2020 MDX, Acura MDX, all-wheel drive lease for three forty nine dollars with zero down. I mean, that's just unreal. And it's a TMA, Tim McKernan Show special. So go get it. I mean, that's that's a great car. And three forty nine dollars a month with nothing down. 36-month lease, tax, title, license, extra. Uh, I mean, that's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. As somebody who is shopping cars, when I saw it, I, I was like, okay, I guess there's got to be like, okay, you got to put 5000 down or something like that. No, zero down. Three forty nine a month. 2020 MDX. Uh, that's at St. Louis Acura. Then at Alton Toyota, please visit AltonToyota.com. Uh, they have uh, several new Toyotas with 0% financing available. I just got my card, Alton Toyota. AltonToyota.com, St. Louis Acura.com for details. They can deliver your new used car to your work or home and be just like Tim. That's what the copy says. You don't want to be like me. It's a mess. But that's what the copy says. Uh, Munganess, uh, St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. Gangster Pete, what are you seeing? I'm really, I'm truly living vicariously through you. Uh, I was just looking for a good picture for the podcast. Oh, I see. No, no new uh, <laughs> but, knowledge. Uh, senior see. Trump campaign official says we are clearly in a corner here. Wow, oh, wow. Now, who's who tweeted that? That is from uh, CNN Politics. Okay. There's updating right. stuff. Because if that was coming from Fox News or Breitbart, no, no. I'd go, okay, well, we got, we got a situation. Uh, wow, this is... Okay, I think it's going to be a good one just by some of the words I see in here, but I haven't read it yet. It was sent in while we were doing the show at 831 this morning. Tim and Smoke, if they address you as well, that it increases the probability of getting read. Tim and Smoke, thanks as always for doing this. I'll get right to it. How do we get out of, well, they always do it, or you think the other side wouldn't do it too? Nonsense with politics. So many kids were taught to not do something just because others around them are doing it, yet it seems like a large number of adults don't seem to follow that same rule. So many sink to the level of those they criticize so they can justify doing it too. At some point, someone needs to be the bigger person and not do what they've criticized the other side of doing. It doesn't seem like that's going to happen, though. Accepting election results would be a big example of this. The Republicans criticized the Democrats for not accepting the 2016 results. Now here we are in 2020, and the Republicans are suggesting cheating must be happening with how late votes are counted since those may not be going their way. It's not even over yet, and it's already being suggested. Shout out to caller Ellen today. Uh, <laughs> that just came in the middle of the email. So if things do end up going Trump's way, will Republicans still suggest cheating? It's just such a shame that so many people seem unwilling to hold themselves to the standard that they set for everyone else. You guys probably don't have an answer to this and sorry for the long email, but it's been on my mind nonstop throughout all of this. The whole thing is just exhausting and I'm tired of the hypocrisy from both sides. Stay well, sweet boys. That is from Jeff. Uh, Gangster Pete, it was addressed to you as well. Fire away. I mean, I, I agree with what he said. I think it was well said. I don't know the answer. I agree with his take on Caller Ellen today. Uh, 
Caller Ellen usually has about a 25% approval rating on her calls. Yeah. I think she was in the 90s today. Yeah. That I, was something else. I was surprised. Like, I wasn't, I was purposely wasn't looking at the text box because I was listening to the debate because it was a good debate. Mm -hmm. And uh, I looked and I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I was really surprised. Um, here, here is what I think with regard to uh, the I know you, they do it, so we do it thing. Um, well, I disagree with it, number one. But number two, um, you disagree that both sides do that. Um, I disagree that it always goes on. Yeah, I do. Um, I, for example, uh, and I don't like it, but then I saw what happened with the Ruth Bader Ginsburg thing for me. Now, some people might go, wow, you really are surprised by that. And now I realize we have a month since her passing month plus since her passing. But I recall during the Merrick Garland situation going, well, I mean, you never hope for someone's death, but if someone dies, and of course at that time we didn't think President Trump would become President Trump, but if someone dies and a Republican is in the White House, never thinking it would actually happen at the timing that it did. I mean, it was just so imperfectly perfect that I, that I, that they're setting a standard here. I mean, Lindsey Graham himself, you can use this against me. You know, I'm, I'm instructing you to use it against me. If this happens and I'm going, okay, so you're setting a precedent. It's a bullshit precedent, but okay, you're setting the precedent. And then it happened. And so help me Pete. And I think I said this on this podcast. I know I said it to some peers. I discussed this stuff with, I said it, it really shook me. And, and I'm sure some of you are listening going, yeah, you said that on here. You're, you, 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 you're so naive, but it really shook me. It shook me for two reasons. It shook me that it didn't matter that they went totally against what they said just four years earlier. It, the reasoning was just pulled out of thin air. Well, no, it's because that we have to control the Senate too. Nobody said that in 2016, total bullshit. And then even though people would know that it was wrong in principle, based on the precedent that they set in 2016, uh, they would say, then, then the last thing that they had was, well, I mean, if the Democrats were in control, they'd do it. So that was kind of like, well, just that's, that's what, so that's, that's how it was justified, which I guess is what Jeff is saying. Um, and I actually was naive enough to think that they would, that their precedent was set and they would adhere to it. So fuck me for being a Mark. Um, but that, that bothered me. And then it also bothered me. I don't know which one bothered me more, but I know they both bothered me that now that that has happened, now the Democrats will, will retaliate with some kind of bullshit and all it's going to do is get worse. And so that is why, I mean, I remember I was playing golf with a friend of mine the morning after Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. Um, I talk about this gentleman often. I don't know, if you listen to the podcast, he's probably creeped out by often to bring him <laughs> up. And I'm sure friends of ours listen know who I'm talking about. Are you in love with me? <laughs> I admire him. He's, he's the smartest fucking guy. And he's, I mean, uh, I mean, for real, smartest guy. Did another word. And all of us kind of just know it, you know, just kind of like, just know it. Um, and we saw each other and I said, and he was, you know, playing together. And I said, what do you think, man? And started talking about the whole situation. I'm just like, I'm just so like, this is, this is brutal. Um, and, and that it's like, I'm just like so disheartened, but I guess I should, I guess I should have known. I guess I, even Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, I, I still was like, well, they, they wouldn't, they, they just did this four years ago. You know, I get it. They'll set a precedent in 2016 and they'll be out of the Senate. Nobody will give a shit and they'll be forgotten. Well, they had to adhere to it. And then they just fucking ran right through it. 
And then with all the Democrats are in charge, they do it. I'm just like, oh, my fucking God, I don't believe that. I don't believe it. And I don't, that doesn't mean that I think Democrats are on the moral high ground here. I just don't believe that that is the way. I don't believe it would have started in 2016. I mean, that was starting in February is when Scalia passed away. Holy shit. If nine months to the election, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passes away on, what was it, like the last weekend in September, I think, Friday night. Oh, my goodness. Or second to last weekend. Or maybe it was October. I don't know. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, and I'm sure people are listening to this right now, both Republicans and Democrats going, I, I'm just disappointed in you for actually thinking that they would do it. <laughs> and I realize you might be, because now you know how it played out. But in the moment, I'm like, well, I'm anxious to see what they say. Nope. They didn't even, Mitch McConnell didn't even, she hadn't been dead an hour. Oh, so what do I think can change it? Well, I think at the root of it is media. The root of the problem, this is, a, this is the message of this podcast over and over again, is the media. That is not limited to Fox News. That is not limited to OAN. That is not limited to Breitbart. That includes CNN. That includes MSNBC. That includes uh, respected publications such as the New York Times and Washington Post. It includes conservative publications such as the Wall Street Journal. Um, but they are up for profit businesses. And I think we kind of like perhaps like fans watch sports teams get caught up in our idealism and lose sight of the sports teams or businesses, the media outlets or businesses as well, and they are going to go for profit. Um, so I don't see that changing what could change it. And I don't know, I've been watching so much leading into the election and reading so much, but this, I know was an interview, a television interview. And I don't recall who it was. It was an older white female. And when she was asked the question, I don't remember who it was. And Pete, maybe as I say it, you'll remember, although I don't think it was something that was really poignant, but a candidate to come along and go out of his or her way to tell the truth. And you can say, well, I think we already have had that candidate. Or that candidate may be, in fact, Joe Biden. Or that candidate may be, in fact, take your pick of whomever. I don't, I don't know who it would be that you think is the case. But in order to do that, you can't just, if you're a Democrat, go on CNN and Rachel Maddow's show. You have to go out of your way. As Pete Buttigieg, by the way, did. He was, he was on yeah. Fox News more than Hannity over the last few weeks. Uh, you have to go out of your way to make yourself accessible. And yeah, you know, they're going to come at you because that's their gig. And this is their chance to be calm when it happens. But then, okay, I see what you're saying, but here's, here's the reason. No, I, no, I, I understand that. I understand that. And then calmly say, okay, um, I'll, I'll, no, I've, I've heard what you had to say, but here's the, if you want to hear the answer, here is the reason. And so, you know, we have this situation and you can look it up and here's where I get this information from. And then you aren't just like, this person that's talked about in third person, there you are, there you are on any outlet that I think, and I'm not saying this is what solves the problem. I think it certainly helps it. But right now it's a hell of a lot easier if you're a Republican to only take softballs on Fox news. And if you're a Democrat to only take softballs on CNN or MSNBC. So I really think that that would be helpful. I don't know if it would actually do anything. I really don't. Um, I mean, I remember Barack Obama, who I don't know if he prided himself in being cool. And by that, I'm not talking <laughs> about like he's a cool guy I want to have a drink with. I'm talking about not losing his shit. Uh, when Bill O'Reilly interviewed him before a Super Bowl, and it's just like, oh, my God, this is such a clown show. And and I don't think either one of them helped themselves. I'm sure the people who hated Obama loved what O'Reilly did. and The people who hated O'Reilly loved what Obama did. But it was just kind of a. But, yeah, you got to just you got to remain cool, you know. 
Because um, if you know you have the truth and the facts on your side, then you can operate from a, a, a superior position. And sure, they can come in. It's like, okay, I know, I understand, Bill, while we're sitting here, that you said this and this on your show on August 6th at, at 8.05. Uh, here's the transcript. And you said this. And that's actually not true. And here is the truth. You know, or if it's a Republican and you're on with Don Lemon, you know, and, you know, he's been saying crap that's not true. You make yourself accessible to his show. And you go, you know, Don, you've been saying this. It's actually factually inaccurate. And I think that would help because then, and I would imagine, now I didn't watch a lot of Pete Buttigieg's appearances, but I knew he was there. And then they'd make their way around social media, the clips, and he would just correct them, but he wouldn't do it in a condescending way that is often so much the practice of the anchors and the analysts. Just like shitting on the stupidity of the Republican voter or uh, shitting on the elite that is the liberal vote. What, take your pick, whatever it is. A snarky little tone. Uh, you know, whether one likes it or not, there are 60 plus million Americans who believe Donald Trump is the best person to lead this country of the options we have. And whether people like it or not, there are 60 plus a million Americans who believe Joe Biden is the best person to lead us from the options we have. And there isn't anything you're going to post on Facebook with a cute meme that's going to change that number. So I know it's easier to go with the flow. And I certainly would get a hell of a lot less flack in the text inbox if I just kind of, you know, just let it go. But I have to tell people what I really think. I feel I, I don't have to. Nobody here at the station tells me, you know, you got to say this. Nobody shit, nobody said that about anything. Uh, but I feel an obligation, which probably, I don't know if it costs me potential dollars, but I mean, it's, I don't want to lie to the audience. It's just That's kind of the thing. It all comes from the movie Private Parts. <laughs> I, it really does. <laughs> now, he was doing a live read for a sporting goods show. I'm talking about the presidential election, so we're talking about, a, you know, apples and oranges. But, I mean, it really does kind of come down to it. Um, so that's, that's, that, that's my idea. I, that's not to say that it will work, but that is my idea for it. Uh, Hey Tim, I, uh, the title of this email is you were right. Hey Tim, I really thought Biden would win comfortably, not overwhelmingly, but with some level of certainty by midnight, clearly not the case. Cue the lawyers and judges in 2000 redux with 100 times more vitriol and bias. You were right to suggest the results will be much, much closer than that. I closely followed 538 as they show their work providing the optimal method to predict outcomes. However, 538 had the following. 2016, Trump had a 20% chance to win, uh, and then Trump wins. 2020, Biden has a 10% chance to win. Trump is neck and neck with Biden. 2020, Dems have a 75% chance to win the majority in the Senate. Nope. Not sure I can look at that side again, regardless of the outcome. The question is this. Which alternative is better slash worse for the country at this point? Hotly contested and dubiously viewed Biden victory with reaffirmed Republican Senate majority or four more years of Trump now with significant repeated public validation and zero concern for re-election. As you say, here we go. Love TMA, love your podcast, love it all. Even when Doug is shouting his opinions, which are polar opposite of my opinions, I love it all and listen to every minute. So I want to start with the point about, thank you very much for the uh, support and leave the name. Aaron is the name, we'll give the last name. Um, but I want to go back to the 538 thing. And this, this is at the core. And I understand it. I don't know if you were watching this, Pete. Uh, my, it was my DraftKings wizard actually was telling me about it. Nate Silver and Darren Ravel were going back and forth. I don't know if you followed both of them and saw this. I didn't see it. I haven't looked at it. I do follow them. I didn't notice Okay. It. I mean, it might have happened at 3 in the morning. I have no idea. But Nate Silver, like Ravel, I guess, was attacking 538 in the polling. 
And I think Nate Silver, I'm paraphrasing, was like, if you don't understand how this works, you really shouldn't criticize it. Uh, now, that's Darren Ravel, who is kind of paid to understand how it works. I don't fault the electorate for not necessarily understanding how it works. As I said earlier, my edge is that people don't necessarily know how it works, <laughs> you know? And so you, you, that's the thing. If a fish down sits down at the poker table, I go, Oh, you probably shouldn't move all in with King Jack. I'm like, move all in with King Jack. You might hit 40% of the time, but I'm going to hit 60% of the time. So I want you to fuck up. But what this gentleman just said here is, it kind of hammering home the point regarding the outcome in the, in the Senate. And I don't even know where it is. I, I guess it's going to be 51-49 or 50-50 or something like that. I really, I have no idea as I'm sitting here doing this. I don't even know if it's been announced, Pete. Um, but his point was Dems have 75% chance to win majority in the Senate. Nope. Okay, but now, if Nate Silver in 538 said 100%, then you got something. But that means there's a 25%, one in four, that they don't. And so... Clearly, a huge number of people don't see it that way. And I don't know if I would see it that way if I hadn't started playing poker as much as I did. But when you're only a 75% favorite, you are not sitting there thinking, oh, I'm good. You're thinking, fuck, I got to fade 12 cards on the river. That's what you're thinking, you know? Or sometimes you will shove even though you know you're an underdog because you have a chance to win by the other player folding. Or you could hit your card. You know, I'm on a flush draw, and I could potentially hit, you know, an overcard. So I'm going to shove. And that's actually the right play, even if you're behind mathematically. But all of this stuff is so counterintuitive, and I know it can come off as the smartest guy in the room shit, and I'm absolutely not at all. I, I don't think it, and I know I'm not. But this is actually how the thought process works. It's like when I talk about DraftKings, and, and, and you're like, okay, I got to be on, I don't even know who it would be, Patrick Mahomes. And I'm like, well, actually, the play would be Sam Darnold. And people go, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, if 30% of the roster is going to have Patrick Mahomes, then that means you got to hit on all the other shit. But if only 0.8% of the rosters have Sam Darnold, and he's in a game where he has to keep up with Mahomes at Arrowhead, then he's going to be throwing a bunch. And now you increase your probability of winning. But you have to take Sam Darnold, which just fucks you up. <laughs> so that's that, but that's... So my, that's, that's where my brain is, which isn't to say I'm right. I mean, I lose a shitload of money at DraftKings, but I think I have a good chance of hitting big because that's the way that you have to, that's the way you have to think in order to win. And it's annoying as fuck. And it, it makes for terrible broadcasting and podcasting. But when it comes to this particular part of it, with regard to data and probabilities, I have to, I have to kind of get in, involved and get into it. Because this is, I don't want to say it's what I do, but it's certainly something that I have done and I have an understanding of 75% does not mean 100%. And I know everybody knows that, but 75% isn't really close to 100%. It's certainly a favorite, but the math is one in four that the underdog hits. So that a one in four hit, if Nate Silver in 538 said even 98%, different thing. 75% is one in four on the other side outcome. So that, that I know that wasn't the, the point of the, the email. What was the point of the email? The question is this. Which alternative is better slash worse for the country at this point? A hotly contested and dubiously viewed Biden victory with reaffirmed Republican Senate majority for four or four more years of Trump now with significant repeated public validation and zero concern for re-election. To me, that's an easy one, the former. I mean, that's not even like a sweat. That's not even a sweat. And Pete, as you and I guess some of your buddies maybe have pointed out, the fact that the Senate is held Republican, might be the break the country needed. 
if you are of the opinion that Donald Trump needs to be out of the office. Yeah, I, I think Biden winning and Republicans controlling the Senate is the best possible outcome. Because what it's going to happen, and I'm not saying necessarily for the purpose of legislation, it's essentially meaning, as this gentleman pointed out, uh, a semblance of gridlock. But I think you're 100% right with something you said at the very beginning of our podcast, and that is if the Senate had flipped, and of course the House remained Democratic, I think you may have people more apt to fight this thing beyond people residing at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And since they know, I mean, it's for, and I think for Republican senators, it might be the best thing. Like, oh my God, we don't have to deal with them anymore. Yeah. You know, and that, like that's, that's a big, that's a big part of that. But that, that, that I know that doesn't get talked about because they're never going to say it. They're never going to say it. You know, I mean, Paul Ryan's like in his forties and he's just like, I'm fucking shutting it down. Man was on the vice presidential He's Mitt Romney's running mate. Six years later, he's getting out of politics. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's like, it's just like, okay, this isn't ideal, but fuck, we have the Supreme Court, we have the Senate, and we don't have to deal with him anymore. I tell you something, this isn't a bad outcome. Yeah, you let's, know, let's regroup. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, I mean, you you present those choices, Aaron. To me, it's like a no brainer. And I think it might actually be a no-brainer for some people kind of in the know in the Republican Party. Now, maybe I, I don't know that at all, but that's I'm laying it out. And, you know, and I think I think there are a lot of especially people who listen to this and certainly a lot of Republicans listen to this, but understand the program. I think I've read emails from some right now, actually, in, on this podcast, I, I think I don't know that um, who are like, yeah, I mean, it's obviously a clown show and it's not healthy. I like the policies. My 401k has been wonderful. Um, I'm concerned what's going to happen with the market with Biden in there, but he can't really go unchecked. He's not going to be the pre- He will not be. I saw that he's three to one to be the president in 2024. Yeah. I mean, can I, is there anywhere I can bet that <laughs> that man will not be the president in 2020, I guess, 2025, I guess that would mean inaugurated and reinaugurated in 2025. If he is even to win in 2020, it just didn't happen. So you know, anyway, but then people go, well, shit, now the most liberal senator in the U.S. Senate is going to take over at some point in his first term. And I understand where people who are conservative don't like that. I get that. Uh, final thing here. Um, let's see. God, we had so many questions against your people. I think we've done a good job here. We've hit a lot of stuff. We certainly have. Um, this is from Timmy Recaps, star of questions from the audience. A more obscure and philosophical political question. He sent this in at 212 yesterday afternoon. So before all of this stuff started up, a more obscure and philosophical political question to chop today's posts up. I think it's pretty well agreed upon that the Trump gravy train has been great for media in terms of relevancy and ratings. It's brought better ratings than ever thought for 2020 in traditional media. He's changed the game in terms of the news business with a viral story or tweet a day which dominates the cycle until he tweets or says something again. It legitimately feels like we have had a million huge news cycles since his presidency began. From a bottom line media perspective, is a Trump loss bad for business? What does media and cable news look like in a post-Trump world? Is the media landscape forever changed? I'm not saying the New York Times or Washington Post will bleed dry, but they could certainly see huge declines. Thank you. That comes from Timmy Recaps. Gangster Pete. Yeah, I mean, I could I could see the media lights taking a hit if trump doesn't win i mean he's a polarizing figure people want to hear about him whether they like him or hate him they want to know what's going on and then yeah like he said about the the tweets and the million different news cycles i feel that it feels like he's been president forever oh yeah. um i agree with the premise 100 percent 
hundred percent. I, I mean, there, I don't, I don't, there's not a sliver of what he wrote. I disagree with. I've thought it, you know, throughout a lot of this. I think the media played a role in him getting elected in 2016. And I, and the media, if you flip on CNN, uh, it's six in the morning. Um, if, which is what I will do if Scott Van Pelt didn't host SportsCenter. Um, and it's, uh, I don't even know their names. One of them used to be on Fox News where she used to shit on Obama. Now that she's on CNN, she shits on Trump. Uh, I think it's Allison something. Can I get that paper? Uh, yeah. And then the other, and they, but she really does. <laughs> and it's all, it's all it is. And then they get panelists on and they shit on Trump. I mean, for real, what's, what, what's the, what's the play going to be? Because it's not like FDR is coming, coming to that stage in January. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if, if Biden is even able to hold on to what he currently has, let's take a look at Bovada while we're sitting here. It's gone up Pete, minus five twenty-five. Again, doesn't mean anything, but, um, just, um, the monitoring the market's gone up by like a million. What, what is, what is that at? 693 to 664. I bet, uh, I did bet that, but I bet it like five months ago that the Democrats, cause it was only minus 120. And I'm like, that's happening no matter who they trot out there. I felt like that was Jimmy and I put a hundred on it, but it was still a nice little taste just cause I'm like, that's two and that's on Bovada. So now I'll have a little something in my Bovada account which currently has $0. Thank you. Yep. So we'll see if we can do something with that. Of course, a sweetheart teaser is the answer. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I agree with it. I don't really know what to say in response to it outside of it is that I agree. Um, you know, he's asking some questions that are beyond the Trump question. What does media and cable news look like in a post Trump world? Is the media landscape forever changed? You can't make Joe Biden as polarizing as Donald Trump. You can't make Kamala Harris, even though I know she's going to really bother some people, uh, as polarizing as Donald Trump. Um, you can't make Mike Pence as polarizing as Donald Trump. Um, what I think is in play for 2024 is a Trump on the ticket, but not this one. And, uh, Kamala Harris, if I had to bet, Ivanka, uh, I, I would say live. Yeah. I think, I think, well, the one that kind of, you know, is hiding out with Hunter Biden, <laughs> Eric, I don't think he would be the guy. Right. And I think, you know, <laughs> I think Don jr. Oh, I could, I could definitely <laughs> see Ivanka on there. Uh, yeah, Ivanka, I could absolutely see. So you could have, uh, so here's my play. We'll record it, uh, November 4th, 2020 gangster Pete, your presidential race in 2024, Kamala Harris, uh, incumbent, uh, even though she didn't win in 2020 versus Ivanka Trump. There it is. Donald Trump is not going away. Um, which is why I guess when I see people like, well, if we can just hold on, now you're going to have this. I'm like, this is not going away. This is not going, even if, even if he it, it concedes today, which I just cannot see. I don't think anybody's expecting it either, by the way. Even if he can see, it's not like it's going away. It's not like it's going away. And if anything, and maybe that's why a guy like Van Jones, who is super left, even though he's sitting there going, it's not like he's thinking that Biden's not going to win. He's going, Biden might win. He goes, but this is just, it's so disappointing. It's so disappointing. And I guess he was somebody who thought that there would be a repudiation, a referendum on Donald Trump, and it clearly didn't happen. And um, so it's, it's just not going away. If anything, you can make a case it is actually stronger than it was in 2016. Um, so, I mean, not necessarily by leaps and bounds. It's like the poll question I would ask on the fan page often, Gangster Pete. Who did you vote for um, and who are you voting for? Who did you vote for in 16? Who are you voting for in 20? And for the most part, very few people changed if they voted for 
Clinton, they were voting for Biden. If they voted for Trump, they were voting for him again. What did change were people who voted third party or didn't vote. They were going to vote for Biden. That was where we saw the biggest change. But in other words, people didn't think they were wrong in 16. Nobody found religion, you know. Um, so I, I just don't, I don't think that I don't. So I think if, if Ivanka Trump runs in 2024, she is absolutely live to be the first woman to be elected president of the United States. I don't necessarily think she would be the first female president of the United States. So you follow my action, but I think that that is absolutely live. What do you think about that play, by the way? I think it's live. Yeah, it's live. It's live. I was, I think I was asked about it yesterday. I was standing in line for an hour and just did a little uh, Facebook QFT. She's much more palatable than her father. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, I think a lot of people would agree with that and you know, Clearly, and, and you know, and by the way, and I think we'll wrap it up here. You, one of the things that Doug kept asking is, why Joe Biden? Why Joe Biden? And, and then somebody, and Doug answered it sincerely. Somebody said, Doug, okay, you can't ask him, why Joe Biden? I get it. But are you thrilled that you have Donald Trump? Is that, you know, and then he said, no, I'm not. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. By that, I certainly don't think he's lying, but I think he is a fan, but I think he is a fan of his policies. Um, so... Yeah, I, you know, I, yeah, I definitely don't think Doug likes Donald Trump as a person, right. but he does like the policy. But he gets attached to him because he's a fan of the policy. Right. So I want to make that clear. Um, and it was, and it went back to this: Does Pete Buttigieg win Michigan? Uh, does Pete Buttigieg win uh, Wisconsin? Does Pete Buttigieg win Arizona? Because I think he was pretty. Does Bernie Sanders? Bernie Sanders doesn't win Arizona. I can I can already handle that one. <laughs> yeah, I promise you that. Um, and I think that's I guess that's what the calculus was. I don't think. I mean, I remember just David Axelrod. That's the one that stands out to me. And he was Obama's chief of staff for the first term, and he was the campaign manager. And he was just kind of like you had to pick up on it. But during the debates, just kind of like yeah, you know, Biden. Is like I mean, that's the guy that you got into the you know, the White House with with Barack Obama and you know, you were chief of staff. So clearly you don't really think very highly of him. You know, that was my read. And that's by the way, when I thought he wasn't going to be the nominee. Uh, and that told me a lot. That's somebody who knows, you know, that's somebody who knows. And it's not like Barack Obama was now. I also understand why he wasn't out front choosing somebody out of the gate, um, to support because what happens if that person doesn't win. But I will say this, he did an interview couple of months after the first one that he did after he left office on, and I stopped listening to the podcast. I couldn't handle it. I'm sure some people would be pissed that I say this, that pod save America. You familiar with this? It's like, I know of it. I've never listened to it. Okay. So I, I, I listened to the interview and I would listen to the podcast and it got to a point where I'm like, this, this is exactly kind of that. This is, this is an example of why president Trump is president Trump. This podcast, just like condescending snarky, if you voted for Trump, you're dumb or, or racist type shit. And, you know, it just, it just, it's, it's kind of like you know, yeah, a mirror like to this shit. So, um, but I listened to the interview and I specifically remember him mentioning to Cazero, who is the solution to beat him in 2020? And this is in like April of 17. And I specifically remember, uh, God, now I can't think. And I've texted with the guy. He ran against Roy Blunt, Missouri, then ran for mayor. Uh, for whatever reason, I keep wanting to say Hawley, younger guy. Fuck me. God, you know him. I know you know what I'm talking about. And I can't think of his name either. He served in the military. Brilliant guy. 
Well, he named him. You're looking it up. He ran, whoever ran against Roy Blunt in 2016 or 18, 2016, it was 2016, because he, he actually fared better in Missouri than Hillary Clinton did. I can't wait to hear this, because I'm, I'm not even close. I'm thinking Peter Kinder and Josh Hawley, and I know both of those are 100% wrong. 2016 against Roy Blunt. I'm sure the audience listening to this is screaming because <laughs> it's a podcast, and we're just... Oh, God, because he was going to run for... Kander? What's that? Jason Kander, yeah. Right, Jason? Jason Kander, yeah. I have a text with him about coming on the podcast. Um, And then he announced that he had some depression. Um, And then I think he didn't run. So I don't know what he's doing at this moment. But I know he's talking about running for mayor of Kansas City, which I was surprised by. But um, either way, President Obama named Kander. But the first name he mentioned, Gangster Pete... What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? I know you're so exhausted at this point. You don't even want to play guessing games. Kamala Harris. So President Obama had already crowned Kamala Harris in April of 17. I viewed it that way. So right when she started running, I thought, well, this is the person who really is the person who's carrying the banner for the Democratic Party. He's still a young man. I think he's still in his 50s um, at the time. And he's certain if he uh, was, maybe he's only around 60 now. And... um, if he calls that shot, he can walk into a room and he can make things happen. But her campaign was a disaster. So as things were playing out, um, I really liked a couple of other people outside of Kamala Harris. Uh, I did not like what she did with Joe Biden in the debate, essentially implying he was a bigot. And that really, to me, is dirty pool, especially when she knows it's not true. Especially when she knows it's not true. That's a big thing to throw around, man. Just like I don't like when people throw it around uh, regarding Trump voters, even if I'm not a Trump voter under any circumstance. You want to throw call people racist, especially somebody who's been in legislation and has fought for minorities. Boy, and that you're willing to fucking play that that game to 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 win. That's not somebody I want in the White House. That's why I'm glad that the Republicans have control of Senate in case she does somehow become president during this term. Keep it, yeah, I mean yeah. I, that 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 was that was a big thing for me. Um, so. You know, that's why when we were sitting there going, God, of Trump, Pence, Biden, Harris, you get to pick who's the president. I'm like, oh, my God. I don't, I really don't know. I, I, I'm i sitting there going, okay, all right, I got this. No, I can't do it. I don't know. I I really don't know. I mean, I know one for sure I don't. <laughs> and he might be the one that's two-term president. But uh, anyway. Trump campaign immediately requesting a recount in Wisconsin. There we go. And we are underway. <laughs> Right at high noon, Gangster Pete, 1202 yep. Central, as we wrap this thing up. Uh, so there it is. There it is. It's our time capsule podcast. My son will listen to this 20 years, which won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> There's my dad. What's a podcast? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who, who I have his little car here. <laughs> This little Ferrari that I went and got at Walgreens when I went to pick up caramel M and M's. My, I, I, there needs to be an intervention with me in caramel M and M's. It's bad. Um, to make sure that if I was losing my shit on the air today, that I, I looked at this little Ferrari and or Lamborghini <laughs> or whatever it is, something I would never buy. Nor yeah, can I, but nor I. You like that? Yeah, it's good, good tasting whips. Uh, you know, look at me whip, but I know he'll love it, and I haven't even given it to him yet because he spent the night at his Anna Marie's parents, but. Um, that I and the show was great. Tip of the cap to the audience. Tip of the cap to uh, the hosts and the producers. So um, we got through it. I mean, it, that doesn't mean that the the book is closed at all. But the day after the election, I woke up today and I'm going, "Oh my god, I got to go do this today." I have no idea what's going on. 
and Doug is going to be the bantiest <laughs> of roosters. The audience is going to be motherfucking me like crazy. They're going to be motherfucking him like crazy. And it actually went well. But I mean, it's like, it's like, okay, we didn't give up a run in the fifth inning. You know, that's how, <laughs> that's how I'm looking at it. Like we got it. We got a game to play still. So uh, with all that said, uh, it's now past noon. I'm just going to sit and watch television, I think, and maybe fall asleep. Um, thank you to, uh, Pete here for who gets here super early in the morning and really, uh, holds down the fort on TMA. Uh, thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to the audience for sending in some great questions. Love doing this podcast, man. This was, the, I said it last night on the fan page. I said, I'm not going to get into some of the stuff on the radio show because it's just going to be too niche, 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 your pronunciation, your choice. Uh, but I will in the podcast and there's more I would get into, but fuck at this point it's noon and we've been going for an hour and 45 minutes. So here it is. That's our time cast our uh, podcast time capsule for the 2020 election. And I imagine things are going to change like within an hour immediately. So here <laughs> it is. Thank you to our sponsors, the home loan expert, uh, Ryan Kelly. Thank you to Seth Goldcamp, design air heating and cooling. Thank you to James Carlton, Carlton state farm insurance agency in Webster Grove. Thank you to Munganasty, Alton Toyota and St. Louis Acura. Thank you to Jim Rogers, restoration one and Mark Hanna, evergreen wealth strategies for gangster Pete. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been the Tim McKernan Show on November 4th, 2020, the morning after and afternoon after the election from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios on the Inside STL Podcast Network. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.